As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited to have you here today. And, and I don't know about you. Do any of you love insurance? I, I, I can't see any hands because we're doing this live on Facebook, but my guess is most of you don't love insurance and, and you may not even know you have a problem with insurance in your office. And that's why I am so excited about today is by, because by the time we finish today, you're going to know how to collect not just co-pays, but the correct co-pays. You're going to walk away with a three-step process that you can use to collect those co-pays and more importantly, how you can foresee the red tape that insurance companies love to put up. And you're going to walk away feeling motivated and empowered because you know what to do. And when it comes to helping doctors and their practices with insurance really know what to do, Bree Richardson is one of the best out there. Bree started her career in 2009. She's the owner of Elevate My Practice and Dental Insurance SOS. And when it comes to insurance, a lot of us scream, save us, save us, save us. And she's here to really help us unravel the complexities of dental insurance and how you can leverage it to benefit your practice. Bree, welcome to the show. Hey, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. Oh man, it, it is it is an exciting topic. Believe it or not, you may be listening and saying, "Oh my gosh, insurance!" Ah, but it really is exciting and empowering, and it can make a big difference in a practice, can it? Absolutely. And so, right, let, let's just kind of dive in. Talk a little bit about you know what are we even talking about when we're talking about insurance? Because I mean, that's such a big, massive topic out there. So, so help us kind of narrow it down a little. And, and when we talk about insurance, what are we actually going to be diving in and talking about today? So we're going to talk about how to get paid within 30 days of setting your treatment complete. So in order to do that, you really need to understand how to estimate the accurate co-pays. And then red tape restrictions are things that your insurance company is going to deny a service for, even if it's a covered benefit for example, a frequency or a missing tooth clause. So your team needs to have a system and how to make it easier to see them coming um, at the beginning part of the treatment, not at the end or 90 days later. Okay, so, so you can really get paid within 30 days of completing treatment? The majority of the time. Of course, there are exceptions. There are a few insurance companies that take 90 days to pay, but they are few and far between. It usually comes down to knowing how to avoid the red tape restrictions, um, how to collect up front the right way, and how to prepare the claim properly. Okay. Now, as a doctor, you may be listening to this and thinking, hey, my, my team's dealing with this. I, I, I don't have an insurance problem, do I? And so do, do doctors even really know a lot of them that you talk to, what's kind of going on in their office when it comes to insurance and co-pays and the, the red tape, or are they just kind of leaving that to their team? Like, like, 
is this stuff working well or, or, or what do you see as you're talking to all the doctors out there? In my experience, there are a few gems out there. A couple doctors are very in the know when it comes to insurance, but the majority of them, if I say, what is your production and collections? They always know, they always know that answer. But if I say, how much of your collections are tied up in outstanding insurance? I haven't had any that have known the answer yet, but mm. I'm sure there's one listening. Um, so I would say it's uh, usually they don't know till they have a problem and their team is amazing and they're doing their best to try to figure it out themselves and keep it off the doctor's plate when they can. Okay. And, and so you're really kind of talking about that accounts receivable piece, right? The, the stuff that's been billed that's due from insurance and, and right. You know what you collected, you know what you've been paid, but you don't necessarily know what's outstanding. Do you? A lot often. <laughs> yeah. So on average, do you, do you see like an average number in practices of how much is outstanding and in due to the practices? Um, I typically see about a hundred thousand per doctor that's outstanding, not necessarily overdue, mm -hmm. but often by the time they get to me, usually it's at least 50,000 over 90 per doctor at least. Oh my gosh. All right. Now, now you said by the time they, they get to you, how do they find you and what are they, what are they coming to you for? Well, dental insurance SOS, um, you know, it kind of lends to the, I need help with insurance. What do I do? So they, they don't know what to do. So they, they see the name, they, they call me, or usually, you know, they know someone who knows me, but by the, by the time they get to that point, they know there's a problem. They know there's insurance um, outstanding, but they don't know what to do about it. They don't know sometimes even how to run the reports to figure out what it is. So, so I help with that. And I also help their team figure out how to untangle the mess and how to prevent getting in that spot in the first place. Okay. And so what are some of the ways, how do you actually start implementing that in, in offices for doctors? Oftentimes it starts with in-office team training. If they need a big overhaul or um, if it's someone that's kind of starting fresh, doesn't have a lot of experience with dental, dental insurance, or they've been figuring it out themselves the whole time and never had a solid system to begin with, I'll go into their office for typically two days and we'll revamp the system and work out all the kinks. And then if it's a two-day training, I will stay, we'll bring the patients back. And it's kind of like, the implementation part, because you can listen to a lecture all day, but it's not until you try it to see if it's actually working and where your um, hiccups will be. So I help them through that. And then long-term, or sometimes if practices don't need training first, that's okay. I have a thing called dental insurance SOS, which is a support system. So if your team needs help with coding, anybody on the team, coding, narratives, um, how do I read this breakdown. Can they have SRPs? Can they have four today or not? This claim denied. Can I appeal it? What do I do about it? How do I prepare this code? Why is the bridge claim asking for perio charting? Just anything that has to do with insurance. If they need help, they can ask me. Wow. Okay. I, and that can be overwhelming for the team, can't it? A lot of those questions that come up. Absolutely. Especially if they don't know where to go to find the answers. And even when they do know, it can take 25 minutes to search through those books, or they could take 25 seconds and send me a text and have the answer usually within okay. minutes. Yeah. And dental insurance SOA is, is really filled with a lot of just really knowledge and, and how to and practical advice on, on how to kind of solve these challenges, put those processes in place so that you can get paid on the work you've done, isn't it? 
absolutely. And in fact, I think you've got something that you're going to share with all our guests at the end, because I know a lot of doctors are really, you know, they're, they're trying to get away from insurance or accept more plans. They want to go out and network. And that can be a little bit of a challenge, can't it? Absolutely. I have a little secret formula that I use for doctors that are out of network that still want to collect from the insurance companies and they want to be within the ballpark. So they're not having these outstanding claims for 60, 90, 120 days. So I'll share that formula at the end. All right. So if you want that formula, stick around because it's going to really, really help your practice. And so Bree, when it, when it comes to all the different practices out there, right, who are the doctors who really benefit from dental insurance SOS? Any doctor, any dentist that uses insurance to any capacity, or even if you don't, if you're an out-of-network practice that gives your your patient a doctor's walkout and they're going to file it themselves, those codes still need to be accurate. Hmm. Okay. Gotcha. And so, you know, let's just kind of actually talk through maybe an example or two and, you know, really how you've gone into some offices and, and helped them out. So, you know, you talked a little bit about training, like, like pretend you're walking into an office. What are some of the common problems that you really see these offices facing? Well, one is that <clears throat> with, with estimating copays, this is something that's a huge stressor and a huge pain point for the team that the doctor never knows about. So, they are literally guessing what the patient would owe a lot of times, at least by the time I come for training. So they sometimes will look back at past EOBs. They don't have their um, system organized by group number. So they're not creating the blue book and the payment tables and the coverage tables and doing the work once so that everybody else with that same policy, they're not gonna have to keep repeating the same work. But if they don't know how to organize it to begin with, then they, they're just kind of treading their wheels or they're just saying, we'll bill you after. And those are the practices that have 400,000 outstanding AR, 500,000. And it won't be seven doctors. It's one or two. Wow. Okay. So it really is that, that estimating the copay is a, is a pretty challenging piece, isn't it? Absolutely. And so what is the, the process for kind of estimating copays? Do you have to get on the phone and call the insurance company? Like, 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 what do you teach them to do when they want to estimate those copays? Sometimes you do have to, but most of the time you can just use, I created an insurance verification form for this particular reason. So let me back up a little and say that there are tons of one-click eligibility things, and that is not what I'm talking about for an in-depth insurance verification where you're going to be able to actually foresee and avoid denials or unexpected denials and estimate copays the right way, you need a detailed breakdown. But you don't have to remember every single thing you need to ask. I created a form. If you email me, Bree, B-R-I, at elevatemypractice.com. That's Bree at elevatemypractice.com. I'll send it to you and you can just fill it out. All you have to remember is grab the sheet. Wow. So okay. I recommend having all of your insurance um, logins prepared and saved on your Google bookmarks so that you can just click, you know, United Concordia Delta Cigna, log in really quick, get the patient's information. And then most of the time people scan it into their document center. But the, the biggest key is using your practice management software to its full capacity. So whether you're in or out of network, this is going to apply to you. So use the coverage table, use the payment mm. table, use the deductible, the maximum settings, because you want your, your practice management software to do the heavy lifting. Mm. 
So once you put everything in there that your practice management software has a spot for, there's going to be other stuff like missing tooth clause frequencies. The frequencies are going to be different per code, et cetera. So you're always going to have more details. So there's a note section. Every single one I've seen has a note section. And again, these are divided per group because some employers have more than one option. So for example, the state of West Virginia has Delta. They have a high and a low uh, policy. It's like a 10 digit number. And the only difference is one digit after the dash. And a lot of companies or practices are not even putting the numbers after the dash, but it's really important because mm. one has crown coverage and one doesn't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. It can come down to a dash. Yes. So you can't mix the groups. You can't say everybody in Delta has this one because employers get to um, have some input on the, the benefits based on how much they want to pay for the premiums. Wow. So, organizing it that way into your practice management software. And then if you have a group number that's already done, and when you're first starting this, I would put an asterisk by the group that you've already done the right way because you're going to have some in there already. The next time, all you have to do is verify eligibility and remaining benefits. You don't have to do that every time. Hmm. So it's awesome. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. All right. So that's really kind of the, the estimating copay piece. And, and you've helped solve that challenge by a simple worksheet that you can fill out and send in and, and, and get a response back so that you know you're collecting the correct and accurate copay. Well, the team member would, yeah. would, do the, would fill it out. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then really that, that second part, like you said, is, is tracking and organizing the specifics for any kind of red tape restrictions. So, so what is a red tape restriction? Let, let's dive into that. Cause you know, I hear red tape and I just think roadblocks, but I have a feeling it's something a little more specific here, isn't it? It's any reason that you might get a denial. So you can have you know, insurance companies have hundreds of covered codes, but every code has like two to 10 reasons why it might not be a covered code. So they could be waiting periods, frequency limitations, missing tooth clauses, um, any number of things like certain combinations of things that you can do in one day. For example, a lot of a lot of policies, especially Delta, will say you cannot do a full mouth debridement on the same day that you do an exam. So that's a red tape restriction. It doesn't matter if they needed it. If you do it together, you can't charge it out the same day or it'll deny it. Hmm. Okay. And so there's processes, once again, that you can follow by, I'm guessing you got a checklist or some kind of a worksheet to help people with this also. It's the same one. So once they put okay. it into the practice management software in the note section, then it comes down to now the patient has a treatment plan. So mm. we work out a system between the clinical team and the admin team to give the admin team a heads up. Hey, there's a treatment plan ready because the admin team really does need a little time to be able to look at it without the patient standing right there <laughs> waiting for an answer. So they can cross-reference the codes in the treatment plan with the red tape restriction notes. And then if there's anything that's going to conflict, let's say they had a crown three years ago and it broke, well, they need a new crown, whether there's insurance coverage or not, but they're not going to pay for it. So you just go into the treatment plan and you zero out the insurance portion. The patient knows up front, they can budget for it up front, accept or deny treatment, fine, but you told them up front. Okay. Gotcha. All right. And then really that last step is right. If you're, if you're working on getting the accurate co-pays, if you're foreseeing the, the red tape restrictions that can really help avoid some of those unexpected claim denials. And, Absolutely. and when you get those three steps working together, 
that's really how you start collecting within 30 days on average, right? There's always going to be exceptions, but, but that's really how you can start setting that as a realistic goal for your practice. Level two is, you know, preparing the claims the perfect way and having excellent narratives and all of that. But most of the time, it's harder to collect from the patient than it is from the insurance company, as long as you're preparing the claims the right way. Okay, interesting. Now, you know, as you and I were, were kind of talking before the show, and really the genesis of dental insurance SOS, you know, it was really kind of born out of you teaching doctors this in, in you know, kind of on a one-on-one basis. And they just started coming and saying, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? And you realized there was kind of a neat hybrid model that you could build to really help support the teams. And so talk to me a little bit about the genesis of Dental Insurance SOS and really how it operates. Oh, it's so awesome. So there are obviously a million companies out there that you can outsource your insurance to. And when I would start teaching the teams this, like you said, the doctors would say, can you just do it for me? And I, I can for some, but I can't for, you know, every doctor in the world. So I created a, a, a support system for their whole team, the doctor, the hygienist, anybody that needs help with these things that are stressing them out so that they can still manage their insurance internally, which will save them money to keep it in-house. And they can kind of delete that, the stress factor of not knowing what to do when the, the hard situations arise. Okay. And so how it's, so you're kind of like an on-demand support or, or right? Like, like help me really wrap my head around this. So if a team member needs help with a code or a denial or a narrative or anything like that, they just send me a text. It's as simple as that. Most of the time I'm replying within a few minutes and I can get to the bottom of whatever their questions, questions are. I've worked on over a hundred thousand claims and I do it all day, every day. I love it. I'm a nerd. <laughs> wow. So it helps them kind of smooth out their process without, without the, the, the tizzy or the stress in the middle. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. And so what has response been like from the practices that you've been able to, to work with? It's been so wonderful. Um, they just, it's really kind of a, um, it's, it comes all down to stress. So they've had, obviously their bottom line has increased because when you're preparing the claim the right way, the first time they're paying fast, you know, and when you try to, um, correct a claim or send an appeal, anybody that's ever worked on claims has had this happen. It denies as a duplicate. So it's, it's really important to get the claim right the first time. And there is a process if it, you know, if you do have to do an appeal, I can tell you all about that some other time. I don't have time right now, but there is a, um, a process for that, but hitting it out of the park the first time. And then if there is for some reason, a balance left over after they pay, if that is 30 days old, you're a lot more likely to get it from the patient than if it's mm. six months old. Wow. That that's absolutely amazing. So, you know, you're also a bit of an entrepreneur too, right? Starting something like this. So, so what have been some challenges that you've faced as you've started dental insurance SOS, All right? What are some lessons that we can learn and apply to our own lives? Some lessons that I have learned. Um, well, I would say working remotely comes with some challenges that, I have worked through at this point with my amazing IT people. Um, and I would say 
just make sure you're keeping everything secure. And if you are going to work remotely, do everything on the network of the practice because your IT team puts safeguards in place. So if you have an encrypted VPN and you log in, this applies to not just like insurance people, but doctors that are logging in from home. Well, if you're just logging into your practice from your house and you're, you know, browsing the web at the practice and all that, it's just keeping everything a lot more secure than if you're doing it on your personal computer, unless your IT has put the same safeguards on your own computer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> so that remote work, the security piece. All right. Excellent. Um, aside from that, what else would you, would you want to share with us? Is there anything else I should have asked you before we wrap up here? I would say, ask your team members, run the aging report mm. and just figure out because a lot of times the team members, they know the doctor has a lot on their, their plate and they also have a lot on their plate. So the one thing that's going to go by the wayside is the thing that's not being asked for, which is a lot of times the insurance aging report. So if no one's checking up on Mm. them and they've got a to-do list five miles long, maybe there's a way that you guys could um, increase your revenue fairly quickly if you uh, made that a priority to tackle it. Um, Typically, I see within 30 days of someone working that list really diligently after it hasn't been worked, a huge bump up in collections just from that and not even really from the patients, just from the claims. Okay, right. And that's something simple that if you're listening to this, you can walk in your office tomorrow morning and ask for it. And this at least is a gauge for how well you are doing on this. Yes. Wow. And if you're sending a lot of statements after insurance pays or just monthly, I mean, if you're sending hundreds of statements per month or even 100 statements per month, that's an indicator that there might be a problem with the copay estimation in the front end. Wow. Oh, what, what an easy, simple thing to do to really get a good gauge on your practice. And so, you know, if you've stuck around to the end, we also told you, you know, Bree was going to share with you something really important to help you on the insurance piece. And so Bree, would you share that with us? Absolutely. So if you're out of network or if you want to go out of network, even just with some of the insurance companies, there's one stumbling block that people consistently run into. And that is they don't always know how to estimate accurate copays if they are waiting on the insurance payments. So that can result again in money being on the AR report and not in your bank account. So here's my secret formula. Wherever you are in the country, this is my starting point. You may have to alter it a little bit, but if the insurance says they pay 100%, they're not gonna tell you what they actually pay. So it's 100% of what they allow, which none of the patients understand. (laughs) So you're going to have to explain that to them, but I would reduce whatever they say in your coverage table, in your practice management software, whatever they say they pay by 20%. So if they say they pay hundred percent, put it at 80%. Hmm. And then the deductibles and all of that filled in will automatically calculate. If they say they'll pay 50%, put it in as 30%. And then keep an eye on it because it depends if you're in the, you know, 115th percentile with your fees, you might have to drop it even more. Or if you're in the 30th percentile, you might be able to do 10%. But when the claim pays, update the payment table every single time, line item by line item and code by code, because that's going to override that guesstimate that you put in. Mm. Totally fine if they have credits. You can give credits back, but you don't want them to have balances. 
Oh, interesting. What a what a simple, easy thing to do. And right, and, and going out of network, you can pick up some extra business, new patients, and and it's a great thing to do. But having some help navigating that is super helpful too. Absolutely. So well, excellent. And Bree, how can we get in touch with you? How can we find you? Well, you can email me, Bree at elevatemypractice.com or my website dentalinsurancesos.com and elevatemypractice.com go to the same place. <laughs> Excellent. Well, well, Bree, hey, thank you for, for coming on here. I know I certainly know a lot more about how to collect the correct co-pays and it's as simple as, as following a process. And I certainly, you've given us that process too. You've given us a three-step process that, that you can use in your office to collect those co-pays and really foresee the red tape and I know if you've listened to this, you're walking away more motivated and more empowered because now you know what to do. And so, Bree, hey, thank you again for being such an amazing guest here on the Dental Wealth Nation show. Thank you for having me. Hey, it was a pleasure. And uh, for all of you listening, go back, ask your office staff tomorrow to pull up that report. If you've just listened to this show and you don't take action, you've wasted your time. And we don't want you to waste your time. We want you to build those amazing lives of significance so you can keep making a difference for the people you love the causes you care about, and keep making a meaningful impact. Until next time, we'll see you again soon on Dental Wealth Nation. Bye, Bree. Bye. You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 